Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Who do you want to play in the next round? Who would you like to play? I mean, be honest. I think both, I think both teams are tough. Uh, you know, Boston create, uh, causes problems, especially offensively. Draymond. The defense is incredible. How long have we been boys, Draymond? How long has Draymond? If you're asking me who I want to play, I'm going to yeah. tell you who I think we're going to play. We're going to play Boston. Okay. That's, that's, okay. that's who we're going to play. Thank you. That's the Draymond I know. <laughs> Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Three, two. Welcome to our final Western Conference Finals edition of the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. He's Bo DeKeel. Dave DeFore is producing this one, not talking this one. Bo, I'm not even going to do the preamble. What's up? You, you, I know you've been on a plane all day today because you're a hardworking beat writer and doing the podcast for us. But I feel like us having a new team in the uh, a team enter the finals needs more enthusiasm, Jared. I need more umph from you, Jared, on the intro. I need more. Let's go. We're at the finals. We got one team in right now. I, I know you're tired. Dig down deep for me, Jared. All right, I'm going to give you a Luka Doncic performance here. I'm going to be terrible at the beginning, and then I'm going to come through late. <laughs> the Western Conference Finals are over. The Golden State Warriors, 120-110 to 110 win over the Dallas Mavericks. Finals appearance for them, number six in the last eight years. I cannot believe it. This is like watching the 1960 Celtics all over again, except he didn't win the Bob Cousy Award. Steph Curry won the Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP Award, the first ever to do it. It, it seems only fitting that he does that because, you know, all these years of like Steph uh, not getting the finals MVPs and like, you know, not showing up for the finals. He finally gets himself a finals MVP. We just have to put Western Conference in front of it. Um, he has been spectacular. Cements his legacy. Cements, Cements his, his legacy. legacy. Just that's it. <laughs> to get it on a night where he went two for seven from three, I thought was perfect. Um, but so uh, th- this game was such a weird game. It was really befitting the series in that Luca just did not look good for most of this game and then just went absolutely insane in the end but it was clay thompson just firing and firing and firing throughout the night and then the way i wanted to lead the show was kavon looney's golden state warriors are now in the nba finals <laughs> yes kavon looney with 18 rebounds Woo! uh in this in this game and four seven, assists seven offensive like i think you know he's he was Awesome. You know, he was probably the second most important warrior throughout the entire series, I think, with just his play and everything that he did. But we also got to talk about, yo, this wasn't game six, but Clay Thompson went nuts from three, eight to 16 from three. Like he literally caught fire early and and really had some good shots for the most part. You know, every now and then he tends to kind of go into heat check mode. But like that first half from the Warriors, Jared, I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's going to be a blowout. They went on a 9-1 nine, nine run 
to kind of spread it out there a bit. And I was just like, oh, okay, we're going to get another blowout. We did have a blowout. It was 92 to 70 with three and a half minutes left. And then when we entered the fourth quarter, it was, well, it was 94 to 84 because uh, the Warriors scored at the very end there. But uh, I mean, this comeback by the Mavs, it, it, it just, it was so shocking because one, it was just Luca who just, you know, he, he did some stuff in the first quarter and it was just a ghost until the, the later stages of the third quarter. Um, he just completely comes alive and the Warriors just stop scoring. Like they go to the bench, they get Poole in there, they get Belisa in there and it just completely fell apart. What happened? Why did Dallas come back? And then how did Golden State uh, clap back? I mean, it was a really interesting 15-0 run. Like that was the thing. Like the Mavs offense, once they were getting making shots, once they started to get on a roll a little bit in the second quarter, they still just couldn't get stops. And I think that was the issue. Then once they were finally able to get stops, they're able to build on it. 15-0 run, Luka got going. You know, defensively, I thought they did a good job. You know, Luka staying out of switches. Did a better job in the second half defending the post splits and covering it a little bit better. Something they struggled with in the first half and most of this series. I felt like they just locked down defensively, Jared. And once they kind of planted their feet and said, cool, we're not going to let them get buckets anymore. They were able to get out, run, get open looks. Lucas started hitting some shots there and started to go after dudes like, it was it was a moment where I was like, hey man, this is gonna be a game. They cut it down to single digits. They win that third quarter 32 to 25. Yeah, and I mean they were playing tiny this whole night. You know, Dwight Powell had his, his few minutes at the beginning, was there very briefly at the beginning of the third quarter, and they were just staying small all the way there. Uh and Spencer Dewitty, he he did a lot in I should say did a lot in this game. I, I don't know if he had a good game back game. He did a lot in this game. This game was still kind of close in the fourth quarter because he managed to get a four-point play, although I think he missed the free throw. Mm-hmm. And then he got fouled again, taking a three. So Warriors are just kind of bailing them out in these moments where Luca was not creating good looks. But then every time Mavs would get a stop, it was Kavon Looney just getting in there, getting the rebound, putting it back. I mean, just the Dallas Dallas almost pulled off this comeback, if not for just that they were super small and Looney was able to feast. And I think we also just fatigue. Luca played the whole second half except for the last two minutes of garbage time. You know, he just got tired. And I think that was the thing that really, you know, when you're watching in that that run that they went on in the third quarter, you're like, okay, like, is he going to have the legs after that? A lot of his shots started to fall short, started to hit the front rim. He wasn't attacking as aggressively as he was earlier in the half. And I feel like it just slowly kind of wore him down and he just got tired. It was a lot of pressure on him, slowly started to wear him down. Okay, so uh, Steph had nine dimes, Draymond had nine dimes, Klay Thompson benefited a lot. What were the Warriors doing with the way that they were? It seemed like a lot of just like Clay curling around for DHOs from Dre and just Dallas was just having so much trouble. Or then Clay would be on the other side. Steph would draw the attention. They'd have to rotate over and they would somehow get the ball across the court to Clay. I mean, one, it was the constant movement of, of Thompson, right? Like that's what he does. He just keeps moving. He constantly has you chasing him in those instances. If you let up for a second, he's already coming off of a screen. There were possessions where the floor balance wasn't proper in transition defense, and Clay would just get an open three for no reason. And you're just like, oh, wow, okay, so your strategy was leave Clay Thompson open on that? Okay, okay. That's 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 real bold there, guys. You know, um, I felt like it just sort of uh you know, they lost they lost him a lot in yeah. this game. They struggled in the first half with the post splits in particular. He got a couple of threes off of that. Became just hard to guard and that's just who clay is when he's moving like that it's really difficult to hold him down and uh we had seth curry blocking a three 
in this can, game. Oh, was... oh, oh, God. Oh, Jared. That thing <laughs> was gorgeous. That play, I don't know anything about NFTs. They need to NFT that. I don't know if that's how that works, but go ahead. Yeah. NFT that one. Um, I mean, he, he topped that shot. If only there was something, some sort of NFT catalog that the NBA ran that they could create an NFT of that. That'd be I great. mean, but, but just, just to talk about it, that was a championship level play. That's to me when the game was over. Curry goes from helping on a drive to closing out to Luca. Luca drives by him. Belalitza pulls over and, and stops the drive from Luca. Curry peels off. Looney goes to Reggie Bullock. He rotates over to the corner to Dorian Finney-Smith and blocks the three-point shot. It was unbelievable, Jared. Unbelievable. That's coach's porn if there ever was one. <laughs> this is an NSFW episode because, honestly, the hottest part of that closeout or that recovery was that he was actually closing out to the elbow and then rerouted on the swing pass. Yeah. You never see that happen. But, obviously, it's Steph. Steph can do whatever he wants when he's running. It was It was amazing. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the fun parts. Uh, after the game, two controversial things happened, which is going to happen when Draymond Green and Jason Kidd are involved. Let's start with Draymond. Uh, he said on TNT, because I think he's already an analyst who part-times as a basketball player, he said that they're playing the Boston Celtics, which uh, I thought interesting because I just got back I just got back to Boston uh, tw 20 minutes ago, and I believe there's another game happening tomorrow, or I guess today when you're listening, and we just saw the Celtics come back from down 3-2 in the last series. We saw Cleveland come back down from 3-2 against the Celtics in the conference finals a few years ago. They have LeBron. It's a little bit different situation. But, like, Miami is clear. Like, I, I wrote about this on The Athletic. I got to plug that story. Go read it. Please subscribe. Please comment how it's the best story you've ever read in your life. That wasn't written by Moda Keel. But wrote about in that story. Miami's losing these games. Like, Boston is, I think, they are a better team when these teams are fully healthy. It's extremely close. But as banged up as Boston is, Miami's top players are just a shell of themselves right now. And that could turn around. It could. It would be shocked, but it certainly could. Miami certainly could still win this series. What did you think of Draymond saying that? Is it, are the Celtics definitely making the finals? And is Draymond just out of his mind for saying that regardless? Whether you think it's wild that uh, the Celtics are making the final or not, it's, it's, it's pretty reckless to kind of just give bulletin board material. Should Miami pull off the, uh, the, the next two games? And basically, if you're if you're a Boston Celtics staffer, I'm sure somebody somewhere went like, "Oh, come on, man! Just just <laughs> just why give them bulletin board material to come at us?" You know, and I feel like there's got to be some of that if you're if you're Boston. But ultimately, like, yeah, Draymond said it. It's fine. Like, it's not going to be a big big deal there. I think the the funny thing about it will be if Miami pulls it off, and then it could just be Jimmy going like, "Hey." Hi, hi, Draymond. <laughs> We're here. Um, I think that's going to be the, the would be a funny outcome. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's likely, but still, uh, pretty pretty fun stuff there. And and Draymond already preparing for Boston. Honestly, my favorite part of this is that for years I had all these players telling me like, media, you don't know what you're talking about. You guys are sparking controversy all the time, and you're just doing everything for clicks. And then we see all these players becoming media members and all of them are hot take artists. Like JJ Reddick is like the only non, even he has hot takes. They all, they're the worst hot take artists. They do this stuff all the time. Perk, RJ, like, like the Steven Jackson and those guys, like everybody does this stuff. So thank you for continuing to make us look good and, you know, continuing to show why we have our jobs. It's, it's very similar to once you cross that line, like in field of dreams, shout out to Ray uh, Liotta. 
once you cross that line into media, you've now become us, and we've consumed you, and then that's what happens to these folks. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get to the other wild part of the post games, which is Jason Kidd in his, I guess, exit interview for the season out that Dallas is eliminated. He brought up something that people uh, often talk about. Luka Doncic conditioning. Not great? Uh, okay? Insufficient, probably, would be the word. Um, tell, tell me what happened. I mean, he in his post-game press conference, you know, obviously talking about how great it was for the team to make it as far as they have, but he really kind of set the stage for next season. Are we going to be satisfied, or are we going to tippy-toe into the season again? You know, I think he kind of put it out there, and he literally said, are we going to train in the offseason? And I think those are the key things that you're watching for. And it's a subtle, I don't even want to say dig, but almost a challenge to Luca, Because we know that's the story and that's the history, right? He comes back into camp out of shape. And, you know, he looked fatigued in this game. Granted, yeah, they the roster needs some help. They need to add some guys. He needs a little more firepower with him and everything that goes with it. But also, he needs to be in better shape. He needs to, I think, Kid is putting that challenge out there for Luca to have to do that. And I think that's a big moment but I think the important thing here and I don't think people fully understand it next season started right then and there for the Mavs with that press conference yeah the quote which I thought was funny because he uh mentioned uh food a couple times now it's about what's our appetite come next season next season are we going to be hungry and then are we going to train this summer to understand what it means to play until May and June so Luca a little bit less train a little bit more I think was the message on that one uh, but d- does Luka Doncic... I think it was drink a little bit less, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, more than eat a little bit less. Just a guess. The, does Lu- does Luka need to... Like, how dramatic... Of, how much of a transformation does Luka need to make it into his body over the course of the next you know, three or four years of his career for you to think that he could reach, like, best player in the NBA status? I don't even think it's that much. One, I don't know if he has the body type where he's just going to be all of a sudden looking like a Marvel superhero. Um, you know, he, he always might kind of look a little doughy. You want him to have some meat on him because his physicality is a big part of his offense there. And I think that's important to it. But I think a lot of it is just conditioning in terms of the legs, being able to last longer, longer stretches. You know, that's the thing that happens in the playoffs, right? You go from playing 34, 35 minutes a game to playing 40, 40 something minutes. They needed him the whole second half today. And I think that's an important thing there. So, you know, I don't know it needs to be drastic, drastic. He needs to drop 20 pounds or anything like that. He just needs to be fit and able to just handle the minutes and the load that he's going to have. Because, you know, unless they add some more firepower, again, 
it's going to be a big load for him to carry throughout the regular season and the playoffs. Yeah, because that's a big thing. Like, this is the most heliocentric or one of the most heliocentric teams in the league. He's pounding the ball the entire game. Dinwiddie and Brunson did some more playmaking as the series went on. But, you know, Brunson, we don't really know what his, you know, if he's going to stay, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to probably command a lot of money. And I've, I've been having a lot of conversations with people in the league the last few days about, like, is he worth paying that money? And a lot of people think no. So uh, it, it's they have to figure out a way to obviously take the load off of Luka for playmaking and, you know, in the second half of these games. But, uh, yeah, they have a lot of work to do. Golden State Warriors, they're in the NBA Finals. We know that they might be champions. The way they're playing right now, do you think they will be the favorites in the NBA Finals? I think they'll end up being the favorites because of home court advantage, but that's going to be the uh, it's usually the deciding factor in Vegas in terms of who the favorites are listed, if I had to guess, because I know so much about gambling, Jared. Oh, well, I mean, I don't care about that. I mean, like, but just like who you think is the favorite, I assume that it's still Golden State. Oh, it depends who they play. Really? Jared, okay. It depends who they play. I, uh, I, I like the Boston Celtics. And I don't like Miami, and so that's that's the way I would look at it for for the Warriors. If if the Warriors get Draymond, hopefully did light a fire under Miami's asses <laughs> there a bit to try to get them to the finals because I think they have a better chance of beating the the Heat than the Celtics. Yeah, because I mean I picked Celtics in seven at the beginning of the series. I'm still feeling pretty good about that. I mean it could be six, but do feel the Celtics unless Tatum or Brown like gets hurt and can't play anymore. You know I think they're going to win that series. And I've been really struggling to figure out who would be the favorite. I mean, the Celtics are the Celtics are incredible. I feel like Draymond can blow up a lot of what they do offensively. And then Celtics, the Celtics scheme is built well to deal with the Warriors. They have over the years always been pretty good against Warriors. They've always been a good switching team. They're greater than this year. But discipline that it takes with Stephen Clay throughout the game, it's just something they haven't quite seen yet. So it's hard to it's really hard to project in the hand. Stephen Clay, looking damn good. Clay, Clay is really fully bouncing back just in time. We're going to have an amazing NBA Finals. Modekill's going to be there to talk us through it. I'm going to be there to guide us through it. Dave Dupour will be there, too. He'll be he'll be talking. He'll be, he'll be potting. He'll be producing. And we're going to have the NBA Daily Ding and the Athletic NBA Show there for you all the way through. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Take us away, Mo. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 